BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com Always, always use your head. You are now listening to Chair Shot Radio. Always use your head. Good Friday morning, everybody. January 29th, 2021. My name is PC Tunney, and you're listening to Chair Shot Radio. Welcome back, and thank you, everybody, who's been tuning into Chair Shot Radio. We've had a blast doing it. We know you've had a, a great time tuning in every single day for brand new content and listening to us. So we appreciate you. Don't forget, tune in Monday morning. I'm going to let you know how you can win your very own Chair Shot t-shirt that's coming monday on chair shot radio with myself pc tunny follow me at pc tunny for any uh, more updates like that let's get to it today first of all go over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot grab one of those chair shot t-shirts for yourself make yourself look more aesthetically pleasing we got something there for everybody and speaking of something for everybody you know it the chairshot.com always use your head for everything you need pro wrestling sports and entertainment Head on over to thechairshot.com. We got your back, Jack. All right? Sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. Now, today, I am privileged to be joined by one of my favorite people in all of the wrestling industry, uh, Sin Bodhi. What a great guy. He's always been nice enough to take time to talk to me. Over the years, we'd have a lot of great conversations, and this one, to me, is right up there at the top of the list. We're going to go over tons of things today that you're going to really enjoy from you know, becoming a professional wrestler, training, what it takes. Uh, we're going to talk about some current events in wrestling, The Undertaker's comments on Joe Rogan's podcast. We're going to get into a whole bunch of different relationships that Sin Bodhi has had over the years and, and what he's got going on right now and where you can look for him. So without further ado, enough listening to me. Let's listen to very good friend of thechairshot.com, the main man himself, the warlord of weird, folks, Sin Bodhi.
you been? How's everything going? Uh, I haven't talked to you since last January, I think, and we live in a completely different world now. <laughs> well, I'm not going to incriminate myself on camera to say what I think about things. Hopefully that tells you enough right there. But uh, to, to put a positive spin on it, I think, you know, we'll just, uh, whatever life throws at us, we'll, uh, you know, when the going get tough, the tough get going. You know, you're going to make do and you're going to prevail and that's that. I hear you there. Uh, one of the things I saw on Twitter, and, and I think it's probably, it's, it sounds like it's one of the favorite things that you get to do now and, and makes you very happy when you see these things kind of come to fruition. Um, you got Zoe Stark, who's officially signed to NXT now and in the women's uh, uh, tag team championship uh, Dusty Classic. I mean, how does that make you feel having, having your students grow up and, and move on and, and just become great wrestlers that, you know, that, that are going to be doing good things here? So... I never ever thought of myself as you know a coach or wanting to be a coach I never aspired to be a coach like my my mom weirdly uh, okay so I'm trying to figure out how to kind of start this so growing up my mom was a school teacher and she taught predominantly like kind of like like bad the bad kids you know they'd all get stuffed in her classroom and she would kind of Mrs. Doubtfire them, Mrs. Mary Poppins them kind of into whatever. Like she could really turn a lot of these kids around and she would just always explain to me like, you know, all these different kids, all different shapes and sizes from different backgrounds, from different, you know, different uh, homesteads or whatever. They all need that same information, whatever the information they're supposed to teach. They all maybe require it in a different delivery form. So like, you know, one piece of information, you might need to explain it 20 different ways to 20 different people. So, uh, and again, apologies for my pop-ups. I'm too stupid to know how to turn any notifications off. So, oopsie-daisy. You're good to go. Um, so, my mom was kind of like this notorious uh, teacher that could do that, like, in my hometown when I grew up. Like, all the kids would refer, like, my la my legit last name is Svetkovich, which just looks like spilled alphabet soup if you try to spell it. It just looks like you're trying to write out a seizure or something. <laughs> and so everybody in town would call her Mrs. C. Hey, how's Mr. C? Or, you know, and, and my parents, my dad was like a ranked fighter and my, and my parents, uh, my mom had like this, this fitness center and dojo uh, in my hometown. And so everybody would be like, Hey, it's Sensei Mike and Sensei Linda. It's Mr. Mrs. C. You know, cause nobody could ever pronounce your last names, let alone I, I could barely pronounce my own last name. <laughs> I just, I would always have her sort of explaining to me some of the, you know, maybe the, successes of the day saying, oh I got this little boy to do this who wouldn't cooperate for other teachers but then I talked to him like this and then I got him to do this or this little girl or this little boy or you know whatever and she would always sort of explain this stuff to me and and my dad was a karate instructor my mom was like a school instructor and a karate instructor but I'm talking more about like like school school like public school or whatever. and she would just so they would both kind of say it but my mom would really enforce like you know, any idiot can just jump to getting mad really quick. Like FU is the quickest place to get. But trying to walk a mile in somebody's shoes and see from their vantage point and see how would they decipher this and why are they saying, like, why are they doing this because they're just a jerk? Are they doing this because they don't understand? Are they doing this because they're, you know, confused or uh, misinterpreting something? You know, all these different things. So as I did coach, I almost sometimes didn't even know that I was kind of coaching. I was just another wrestler helping out some younger wrestlers like like Angelina Love, or I, I helped, kind of helped train Crazy Steve way back in the day. Like Eric Young trained Crazy Steve, but I had a hand in 
and just and just other guys like that, like uh, Sean Spears, and just different people like had fingerprints on a lot of wrestlers over the years. But I never thought of myself as a coach. And then too, like I was just, but it was always cool to see those those guys and girls prevail. So it was just always a really cool feeling. So I liked doing it. But again, I just was thinking of myself as a wrestler and not any kind of coach because I was just always of that mindset that the coaches have got to be pretty much one foot in the grave, you know, all that kind of stuff. And and like, so I'm for sure older now. And uh, don't let the don't let the Santa Sandy beard. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, can, I can hang with any 21 year old to this day, but with wisdom or with age does come wisdom and all that kind of stuff. And so when you parlay that into teaching like these new kids, these new generations and, and all this stuff, not that I'm like so old, I'm, I'm, I'm in that weird, a very rare middle ground between the old school and the new school. Like again, everybody's squawking about the undertaker, Joe Rogan interview. And he kind of said, he's like, look, he goes, my guy, all my, the people in my sort of generation, we all just kind of got old at the same time. And there was the very big breach in age between old school and the new school. And there's not a lot of, you know, I'm just paraphrasing, but there's not a lot of guys that wanted to or could physically relay that information at the stage of the game when they decided to. And then on the other side, a lot of the young guys just don't want to hear it. Like, it's a very modern day thing. And they don't want to hear it. They just want to identify as being amazing you know, without putting in the, the blood, sweat and tears. And I think, and the young guys are offend, offended when somebody like Undertaker says otherwise, which I, I'm pretty sure, like, well, it was just one guy's opinion, you know? And I'm thinking, well, that one guy's opinion is about the most validated opinion you're ever gonna get in this industry. It's not like he hasn't had a documented, unparalleled career. He has nothing to be bitter about. He is. I'm sure got a shit ton of money in the bank. He doesn't have to answer to anybody. So he doesn't have to pull any punches. He can just, God forbid, speak honestly. Isn't that crazy and, though too? Because at the same time, it's two sides to that coin where someone like the undertaker comes out, who's valid as he is, like you just said, and speaks their mind and gives you, it tells you exactly how they feel right, wrong or indifferent. Right. But at the same, and we get all mad about it. But at the same time, if Undertaker comes out and gives an answer that we all think is cheesy and hokey and kind of just, you know, feeding an answer to the media, we beat him up for that, too. So it's the same side. Like, you're screwed if you do and you're screwed if you don't, right? Welcome to planet Earth. Yeah, amen. Your life isn't easy. <laughs> so, but it's just one guy's opinion, and he's old, so, like, you know, like, he, you know, First off, uh, he's probably, with all those surgeries and everything, he's probably in better shape than most people his age. So there's that. So let, that's one little thing. We can put that aside. But, I mean, if you want to be successful, why not listen to one of the absolute most successful people? And if you don't like what that person has to say, well, I mean, like, give me a break. Like, how do you not connect the dots? I'm going, oh, that's what it takes to be successful or like again, like you know, uh, he's speaking for a lot of wrestlers that slept in their cars and paid all these crazy dues. Again, those dues aren't to impress really anybody else, but they're to validate you. They're for your journey. Those dues are for you. Those are like self-paying dues. Can't tell you how many cars I slept in, and not just not on a tropical beach somewhere. I mean, I, I remember you know kicking open my door that was frozen over, covered in a foot of snow, many times because I worked a lot up in Michigan and Ohio and all that kind of stuff. So it was too cheap and too poor to get a hotel room. 
didn't want to bunk on some weird scuzzy couch in the middle of nowhere or, or just didn't even have that opportunity. Like just you got to go make the next town or whatever. So there was nowhere to crash, like no friendly couches, you know, which sometimes I would do that uh, for sure. But, you know, like, I mean, I remember like I accrued so much knowledge, uh, not because I was the best or because I was the smartest or anything like that, but I just, I was kind of like Ultron where I was like the satellite that just went out and about and just traveled and traveled and accrued knowledge and got in the ring and got those reps and learned all these dirty, sneaky, old school tricks, lost art stuff from all these guys that a lot of them aren't here anymore, rest their souls, you know? And so, but I never bugged a promoter like, what's your call time? Where's the show? How am I getting there? Like if you work at McDonald's, you don't call your manager every day and be like, how am I getting to work? You're a grown ass human, get your ass to work. Yeah, but I don't identify the, oh, you're oppressing me. You know, shut up and get to work. Pull your weight. You know, like, if, if I was forcing you to work for free, yeah, that's different. But if you were earning your keep, that's exactly what it is. Don, you at Mickey, you're going to be a wrestler. Yeah. You know? What is it Don Draper said on Mad Men? He goes, that's what the money's for. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, so traveling all those places, like, I paid dues, and I knew what it was like to leave the nest, and it's scary and it's difficult, but it's fun AF. Uh, so I don't know how much I can swear on here or not. You, you, can, not. you can swear as much as you fucking please. Oh, sweet. Well, that, that journey was difficult as, as, as heck and heck, but it was fun as fuck. There we go. <laughs> so, and, and so, like, again, and not to be cocky or offend anybody or anything, I'm not talking into my ass or whatever, but I'm just thinking, like, doing that. Uh, again, you know, there's the uh, there's the odd guy like like a Sting or something is the exception to somebody that's at AEW or any of the major TV shows. But like aside from like an old school cat like Sting or like Dustin Rhodes or something, I'm talking about more the contemporary guys like anybody kind of like Ziggler's age or younger. Um, if you and again, I, I'm not holding any stats, so don't quote me on this. I'm just sort of being uh, not not hypothetical is the wrong word. Um, I'm just sort of being like, like guess, guess, guesstimatory. Sure. I'm going to make up that one. Right Guestima there. Guesstimating. Yes. Um, so, whereas, like, whether it's the, the Raw locker room, the SmackDown locker room, the NXT locker room, the ROH locker room, the uh, uh, Impact locker room, the AEW locker room, again, aside from, uh, you know, a couple dudes, of course, but for the most part, any given one of those locker rooms, um, hasn't been in the ring with as many like 80s guys as I have like I'm literally like Jake would kind of even joke around like brother you're like this two-legged library walking around with all of our shit you know like I've been in the ring with all these dudes and learned so many sneaky tricks and like I don't I don't dive not because I don't like it I think dives are cool I, I I'm not a big fan of how a lot of dives are set up but like I'm not the I'm not that old timey grumpy dude that's, oh, I like these fancy flippy moves I like the fancy flippy moves just fine I love everything about wrestling. I love all forms of wrestling. And I love when people are student of the game. And I'm going to get back. I'm, I'm totally doing this round the block to cross the street, answer your question about how I feel about my kids. But like, so as you learn all this stuff and put yourself out there and travel and pay those dues and you accrue knowledge. And these kids that, that, that have had a hand in training do that. Like they hunt, they look for knowledge. They're not just 40 mile vets. They're not just entitled, you know, uh, just some of the kids though, that uh, had a hand in training out of Vegas, you know, Chris Bay, Karrion Cross, and now Zoe Stark. 
hell, I mean, I, I can't be proud of that, you know, like, my goodness. And I will say, Zoe Stark, and, and I think gone is the days of saying, oh, she's good for a girl. Zoe is good for anybody. Like, there's not a whole, there's not a whole lot of dudes out there that can lace her boots, let me tell you. I and mean, if that gets some people upset, well, oh, well. Clobber me over the back of your head with your little keyboard, you know. <laughs> I'm sure you've actually had that happen to you before. You've probably been clobbered over the head with a keyboard, actually. It hurts less than hearing little trolls talking out of their ass. <laughs> you know, I, I was, I was giggle, like, you know, because as a performer, you have, um, sorry, a little pop up, sir. Um, you have to have thick skin for sure. You know, like, and, and as a fan, you might not realize the weight of what you're saying because you look at a, uh, you know, anybody that is in any form of celebrity, big or small, uh, wrestler, basketball player, actor, rock star, you know, uh, football player, whatever, you know, they're, they're almost sometimes I think people perceive them as not human. They're just products. So you're like, oh, I hate Justin Timberlake. Hate is kind of a strong word. You, he might just not be your cup of tea, but he probably played a lot of dues hunting for his dream and probably went through some shit, you know, to get to where he got. You know, and, and that's a hypothetical for a lot of, you know, athletes, actors, musicians, so forth, so forth. So I think when, when I hear when I hear people saying dumb stuff about like sometimes when I, I'll see people write about any of those three people that I just mentioned or any other rest, or, or musicians or actors or football players or, or whatever. And I hear these fans, which I, and I have all the respect for fans. So when we use the word Mark. Uh, at least if I use it, I think of it as a bad word. So if I'm using the word Mark, it's because I feel that that person is, you know, a dick and is kind of asking for it. Whereas fans, I mean, that's our lifeblood. So I have all the respect in the world for fans. But when you think you know and you're looking down your nose, but you never did anything except, you know, reach into the fridge for some Cheetos or something, sitting in your mom's basement, like, give me a break, like... You know, so I, I giggle and I always, anytime I see something hurtful, whether it's by any wrestler or anybody, I just think always to that, the the finish of uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, where they're just, they're fantasizing about going like ding dong and, the, and the, some nerd opens the door and is like, hey, are you, uh, you know, are you, uh, you know, whatever, a Mad Dog Jabroni 63? Yup. Wham. <laughs> so. You know, it's not illegal to fantasize. If you so ever decide can, you want to go out and do that, uh, DP and I will be happy to come meet you, film it, and take care of everything else except for the fines. Oh, boy. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> I would truly never hurt a fly. Now, I can I can giggle and, and crack my jokes, you know, whatever. But, you know, eh, maybe uh, uh, get me back. Get, get back to me on that if they defund the police, you know. <laughs> but other, other than that, I, I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm content just to kind of giggle in my own brain about these nerds that would be probably the same people that would have their knees knocking together asking for an autograph at the airport. And I'm not just talking about little old me. I'm not putting myself over. I'm just saying any athlete, actor, rock star, musician, you know, uh, football player, whatever. So they'll say, oh, so and so, the Undertaker sucks. He's all you know he's talking about. And then you're going to like, you're going to go up to him quivering at an airport. You know, so just shut the front door. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on, on everything you just said, especially the fan thing when, you know, they haven't done shit. And that pisses me off as a fan who's, you know, respects this business and has been around guys like yourself and others locally where I've been too, you know. I mean, have some respect, figure out what's actually going on before you open your mouth or you get that uh, them keyboard muscles, right? Well, I, again, like I see these guys, 
you know, whoever, girls, whoever, everything in between, everyone in between, you know, say, oh, he's old, was he know? He kind of knows just about everything in this industry, you know, and well, it's just one guy's opinion. Uh, I suppose technically he is one man, so technically he has one opinion, but when he is at the absolute top tier of his industry, pretty sure that opinion holds weight. You know, just because you're some young, soft, squishy, you know, as Undertaker would say, some soft pussy, you know, it's, it's not it's not that it's not Undertaker's fault. That guy is a pussy. And he's not talking about everybody. He's just talking about the ones that work soft, like the, the wrestle soft. You know, there's plenty of wrestlers that wrestle great. He knows it. You know, he's just talking about generalities and and, and so forth. Like he's not saying everybody under the sun. He's just saying a lot of them. And if that offends people, then they should maybe look inward. Like if you identify as a champ, but you're just this, you know, barely trained, you know, J. Brown, 40 mile vet that's built like a bag of milk. Well, I'm sorry, but, you know, if he's calling it like he sees it, what do you freaking want? You know, so maybe instead of getting pissed at the one of the top dudes in this industry, maybe look inward and fix something about yourself like. To, to quote an old like a little like a Simpsons thing like don't be Homer Simpson looking in the mirror and seeing McBain stare back at you like see what there really is you know like look at it unabashedly and all of us can do that I can do that you know I know I have a lot of strengths I know a lot of talents but I have a lot of weaknesses too so as, as a solid performer wrestler sports entertainer worker whatever the heck you want to call it I know uh, with reps and wisdom and constant tweaks to my creativity I know to forefront my strengths and to hide my weaknesses that's any performer that has any kind of brains should know to do that so you know i see these well identify whatever undertaker triggered me yeah i'm sure undertaker could give a flying fuck about you being triggered like <laughs> go get your to the gym or go get to a wrestling school and actually learn from somebody credible or actually take some advice when somebody is offering it to you instead of being blind blind like to me, a lot of that that mindset just says you're the teenager living at home for free, but you're trying to boss the parents around, even though it's their house. They're the ones that paid for it. They're the ones that buy all the groceries and the insurance and all this stuff. But yet, you know best. You know every teenager that circle or most people, you know they they get enveloped in that circle of life. Next thing you know, they're they're not the young one. They're the old one. And they go, oh. I remember being a little shithead to my dad. And my dad just giggling and going. Nick, I cannot wait for you to grow up and for you to see how it really is. And you're going to look back at this moment and you're going to go, son of a bitch. I was such a shithead to the old man who was so good to you and so patient with you, gave you everything. And then you're going to shake your head when, you know, when your kid does that to you or when life does that to you or whatever, whatever. And I'm like, you don't know anything, old man. You know, and then fast forward, son of a bitch was right. You know, so F you, old man, for being right. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you try to me? The audacity you know. of him. <laughs> See, yeah, actually, of him trying to teach me right. <laughs> it's funny. Like again, I keep on constantly quoting. Uh, um, Al Snow has this great line where, like, he says, uh, "I'm responsible for what I say, not for what you understand." So, as a as a battle tested coach and performer, pr promoter, producer, um, he's telling you valuable knowledge. Now, if you would get offended by that knowledge maybe look inward or maybe self-realize um, 
you might not know a whole lot, so you're not interpreting that. Like, yeah, I could tell, you know, you know, let's say, let's just try to put up an imaginary scale on, on this coaching stuff. So again, I'm young, so I can get a lot more hands-on than some of those super duper old school coaches. Whereas I have a lot of their knowledge because I've been in the ring with those guys. So I am in that weird breach of old school and new school. Um, so as, as you try to like learn these things and, and try to ex explain these things, like you have to, you can't, you, you, just, you just can't expect people to understand that you have to take time and, and show this stuff and, and, and realize both ways. Like, again, like, I don't know, I'm just trying to find a nice way to explain this. Like, uh, I've watched every episode of every season of House. That does not mean I'm qualified to perform open heart surgery. So uh, just because some young guy or girl or somebody in between uh, has watched wrestling or likes wrestling or buys some shiny kick pads or knows how to do a backflip, a wrestler, that does not make. You know, that it, those are just tiny little elements of this stuff. You have to know how to stack this knowledge, place this knowledge, and, and do all these things. And so getting back to Al Snow's quote, like, if he's telling you something for your own good, but you just take offense to it, well, either hear why he said he's not, he didn't show up to some seminar or a school or a show to be a dick. He showed up because he loves this business, as we all do, and he's trying to drop some organic, useful knowledge on somebody to better themselves. Now, if that person wants to take it butthurt, that's, that just speaks to the person. You know, and also too, it just it just shows that they're just not at a level to understand. It doesn't mean that they're not as good of a human as him. It just means they're not at that wisdom level in that genre. If you tried to talk to me about astrophysics, I wouldn't know what the hell you're talking about. I'd be like, "What do you mean? Like, uh, I just started all start started and stopped at dilithium crystals. Like, what the fuck? You know, like, well, how would I know?" So, you know, another quote: is, "Raven, is, Raven is too funny. Raven would say it a little bit harsher. He's like, eh, you're too green to know how stupid you are.'" <laughs> you know so that's a good one i like that one <laughs> stupid to know how green you are you know it goes back and forth it's 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 like bob or wow you know it spells the same way either way um or, or mom there you um, go bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in maryland turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code old line 150 then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Speaking what? of... No, go ahead. Go keep ahead. going. No, no, keep going. Sorry. So when some of these wrestlers get butthurt at this stuff, like, 
if all you if you listen to two hours of Undertaker and Joe Rogan, and all you take from it is uh, he prefers knives and guns to video games, you know, or people are pussies. Like that's not what he said at all. You're just jumping to these conclusions because you're so quickly, you know, you're so quickly triggered and offended. No, I, 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 I completely, yeah. You know, and like again, um, you know, they didn't have video games back then. They had cards, so I guess they were technically playing the prehistoric video games in the way of, uh, you know, canasta or uh, dominoes. Euchre. What, whatever they were go fish whatever the fuck they were playing you know and it was it was more it was a cash money business there was a lot more kind of skullduggery you know going on so they had you know maybe guns or knives or just knuckle sandwiches just to keep their shit safe you know so now it's just it's a it's a softer era uh, uh, more I, let me rephrase that it's a more convenient era so they don't have to carry around so much cash money and they don't have to do this and do that. And then there's so many ways of, you know, which uh, that big brother, you know, keep an eye. Like, you, you, you know, if you go onto your Facebook, you know that shit records everything you look at and everywhere you go. And I'm not being a conspiracy-minded guy. If you go on your little, um, like, I'm gonna, I'm, I have you on my, I'm doing this interview on my phone. I'm gonna pull up my screen right now. And just to show you, and people are like, oh, he's a conspiracy-minded, you know, whatever, he doesn't know. So I'm going to turn my computer on here if I can hit the right button because I'm an idiot and I, maybe I can't even get to this example. But long story short, if you go to your Facebook and then you go to those little three lines, why is my, why is my thing not turning on? What the heck is going on? They can they hear you. They broke into your system. No, yeah. They didn't like what you were saying, Sin. <laughs> well, you know, like, so let's just say all, all your money is cash money. You have it. Like uh, in the '80s, you got or you got a stash in your Halliburton in your big steel briefcase because you're traveling for months at a time before you have home. You know, and you want to bring that money home to your family or whatever you're doing. Uh, maybe having a gun next into your briefcases might be a good idea, and that's why they lock their briefcases and they take their keys and put their keys in the in the wrestling boots when they were wrestling or whatever they were doing, you know, and, and so forth. And honor amongst thieves, like that locker room was full of briefcases but you didn't know if maybe some fan or somebody was going to sneak in or some shit or whatever we're now like you have your little atm cards and debit cards and all this stuff so it's all digitally safe on the lasers unless somebody smarter than you know has knows how to manipulate those lasers and the next thing you know lickety split your money's gone like there were i, I remember there was that article about one kid that did some kind of uh, uh e-transfer from an online bank he had he saved his whole you know young adult life and saved like 70 grand and then this bank ghosted 50 grand of it and like oh well, we don't know they don't know how to help it and he had to squawk and it was met on deaf ears and then he had to go to the media and I guess a news outlet picked up the story and then that bank got enough grief where like magically the money showed back up or something so it just shows how easy stuff can how e how you easily can make something but how you can easily lose it with a quick push of a button somebody can give or take so that was just the difference of that era you know just like uh, again cavemen didn't have Nikes and you know, uh, a fancy Doc Martens and, and uh, Air Jordans and whatever. They had tough, leathery feet. And then somebody thought, hey, let's make life a little easier. Let's make some sandals. And then sandals progressed to whatever, whatever. And now all of us, the toughest of us, have pussy feet. Now <laughs> we need shoes to walk around. Like my dog, like when I take my dog for a walk in the desert, I don't need to put shoes on his paws. He can run through all that terrain no problem because dogs. <laughs> 
dogs never thought to cushy up their lives with uh, Air Jordans and Doc Martens. You know, so as uh, again, I'm not Chuck Norris by any means, but I'm pretty darn tough. I need shoes to walk in the desert or my little feetsy weetsies will fall off, you know? So we are all softer now than we were before, be it 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago. So what Undertaker went through was just different, a little bit harder than what people are going through now. And then I'm sure in the next generation, if, uh, you know, if we don't blow ourselves up or if we don't, you know, do whatever ridiculous thing we're going to do to each other and 1984 ourselves into oblivion, you know, if we, if we actually prosper out of this, you know, this toilet we call planet Earth, then, uh, you know, maybe things will get softer and even easier and even easier. And then we won't have to drive in cars or airplanes. We could just use transporter beams and whatever. You know, oh, man, I got to go to Texas and I'm in Florida right now. I'm in Vegas. Oh, well, I'll be there in two minutes, honey. Listen, I hate flying, Sin, so I really hope that that comes through. I can walk through a doorway and be in Vegas, or I can walk through a doorway and be in San Diego, or be in Cancun, or be in London, whatever. I hate flying, brother. I, you know what? It's funny. I don't, I don't mind flying, but I hate short heights. Like, I hate ladders. I don't want to, like, you're never going to catch me in a scaffolding match or up on a ladder. <laughs> no. Or because I, I hurt my knee back in the day. Um, like I used to do that when you could run across the ring and just jump without running up the ropes, like just jump from the canvas all the way to the top rope. And I would do that Jimmy Snuka backwards leapfrog over the dude, whoever I was wrestling. And I hurt my knee doing it. And then I kind of got gun shy about that. And I just saw it ever since I, before that, I didn't worry about it. But ever since I like used to want to be hopped up on some little ladder and jump down and tweak my knee or do something stupid. Uh, but weirdly, my brain perceives flying is okay because I think it's kind of all or nothing. You're not walking out of a plane crash with a sprained ankle. You're either you're either perfectly fine or you're road pizza, one or the other. So I can live with that. Yeah, either way, I live fine or I get to see what's next. Either way, I'm cool. <laughs> you're you're giving yourself to the pilot in the plane when you get on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember giggling one time. Uh, so way, way back, this was maybe two thousand. Uh, Plane notifications now. Um. I want to say it was like 2000 and um, we flew uh, my girlfriend at the time and I flew to Bahamas. So for Christian's wedding or whatever. And I remember we were on this little puddle jumper from Miami to the Bahamas and we get on this plane and it really started shaking. Like, I mean, shaking. And she looked at me and I looked at her and I'm thinking it'll be all right. You know, they know what they're doing. And then I, I just giggled because all I hear is this super heavy Rastafarian accent. Come on, go, everybody buckle up, man. It's going to be one bumpy ride. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck, this is good. <laughs> I just I just couldn't just could stop laughing and thinking, well, if we do the job, if we do the job, you know, it's nice knowing you, darling. You know, and she's just sitting there going, holy shit, what do we do? I'm like, just enjoy. Just look at the clouds, look at the ocean. Hopefully we don't accidentally take an impromptu dip, you know. Uh, I've been on a plane. Uh, I was actually flying to OVW. This was last year. Uh, well, I guess, well, maybe uh, it was in, uh, late 2019. I was flying to OVW, and uh, I out of Vegas. I'm in Vegas, and I got about we got about 10 minutes into the air, and all of a sudden we just hear this. What sounded sound like a bomb? We're like what the fuck was that? And the whole plane like really shook like crazy. And then we just did like this twenty foot drop, and like we all came out of our seats and just sat in our buck 
you know, with our buckle, you know, like holding us to the seats. But we would have slammed our heads in the roof if we weren't wearing our seatbelts. And and the pilot came on and was like, oh, we seem to lost uh, power to engine one. We're going to be turning around. Uh, please brace for, uh, uh, what do you say, uh, uh, an impact landing, you know, so basically crash landing. So they lost an engine or whatever the heck they did. And so we hit hard, but we got down just fine. So, okay. So, and they're not in a rush to make anything good. Like we're all missing our flights, and missing our layout. Like I had a layover, a puddle jumper to hit to go. Like I think I was going to maybe Dallas or Denver. And that was my, my layover to go to Louisville and, and to wrestle in the OVW. So I'm thinking, all right, great. Well, I got back on planet earth with everything intact. I just want to make this show because I don't want to disappoint anybody. So they were very less than helpful. And finally, so I get to, by hook or by crook, I get to this show and I'm supposed to be there at three in the afternoon. You know, call time is 5 p.m. The show was at six or seven or whatever it was. And I got into Louisville at 11.30 p.m. And so Al Snow, like, I, I, I don't know if I was supposed to be the main event or what I was supposed to be, but it was supposed to be something. And Al was like pushing the show back and putting on dark match after dark match after they wrapped just to get me there. But I was just, it was just too late. So I landed the first thing I'm like, I'm on the plane. I'm like reaching on my bed. Like I, I put all my stuff on and on the plane, you know, whatever, aside from the, the paint. Oh, and see that, that's what I wanted to, I wanted to hear, I wanted to hear the part of the story where you're putting on your face paint in the plane in front of everybody. <laughs> I've actually gone onto a plane looking sort of like that way back in the day, and they just kind of – I went through security, kind of busted my balls, but then they let me through because I was literally doing a show in, in like Montreal and then had to fly to uh, Ottawa or Toronto or wherever the heck I was going. And it literally just jumped on there with kind of like the smudged eyeliner. I looked like Courtney Love. Like I just had all that smudged <laughs> eyeliner. Dumb, silly, like my new church stuff at the time. you know. So they're like, what the heck is this dude? You know, But – so anyway, so like I was so upset and so panicked because I just didn't want to disappoint anybody. Didn't want to disappoint the OBW fans. Didn't want to disappoint Al Snow, who was one of my coaches, one of my brothers. You know, he was one of the guys instrumental in, in helping me uh, originally get my gig at WWE. So like I just didn't want to disappoint my brother, you know. And and I was so upset. He's like, we had to like we just had to shut down. We just couldn't hold it any longer. Like people were getting tired and antsy and whatever. So Al's idea was had a handful of wrestlers stick around and we filmed uh, an empty arena match that would air the next the next week. And that was with uh, Shiloh Jones, who's a very good uh, wrestler out of Louisville, or he lives in Louisville. I don't know if he's from there. And uh, so the other wrestlers kind of stuck around just to sort of be kind of like pounding the side of the ring, kind of almost, almost like lumberjacks, just to sort of give some ambient noise to it. And we didn't talk about anything. I was like ready to go. I'm like, let's just fucking go, just do this. And we had a lot of fun. And I think that match actually won match of the year um, that year. So, and I was like, don't worry about it. Shit happens. You know, the fans will understand. It's not your fault. It was, you know, airlines are airlines and whatever, whatever. The the empty arena match will air next week when you wouldn't have been here next week. Like this week, you wouldn't be here next week. So we'll air it next week. So they'll get a dose of you. So there you go. We'll subject them to that. And then, uh, and that'll be that'll be that. And I was like, okay, cool. So you know, he was kind of cool, more cool-headed than I was. I was just really upset. Like I didn't want to disappoint. You know? Did uh, and did the empty arena match end with anybody yelling, "Oh my eye"? <laughs> and I, I do not believe so. Um, but uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, 
I want to say that was the first time that I wrestled Shiloh, and I will I will say like so that a lot of guys don't like wrestlers to use the term worker, you know, like they like I think they're just studying fast to, you know, kayfabe and all this kind of. Oh, I don't like oh, I don't don't smart enough the fans to this and that. I mean I think with you know with busted open radio and, and, and talk is Jericho and uh, you know I'm. Um, ask Arn and all these different things and, and, you know, something to wrestle with, you know, so I think stuff is fairly candid as far as storylines. Now, what they don't talk a whole lot about is like how we pull the rabbit out of the hat. Like we don't mechanically walk through a lot of this kind of stuff um, and, and or use jargon. Like we always like kind of bust the balls of, of wrestlers that, you know, that use jargon in their promos. It's not right or wrong, but it just kind of, it helps quicker burst the bubble of suspension of disbelief. So that's one of, that's my favorite three words put together for wrestling fans is suspension of disbelief. Don't be too smart and too all about yourself to suspend disbelief and try and, you know, take in and live what the product that's being given to you. Right. I mean, that's sure. like, yeah. Like if people are like, Oh, this is scripted. Oh, this is fake. Like, First off, uh, it is neither of those things. Second off, like, uh, if what you're trying to say is that this is bent, like, really? Oh my goodness. You are so clever, my little snowflake. Oh my goodness. Could you please burn your little piggies up, typing on the internet, exposing this to all the other idiots that don't know that this is bent? Are you kidding me? But how this is bent is how fans have really next to no idea they don't know how we do what we do move for move in the ring it is certainly not scripted and there, there are certainly spots so guys go, oh yeah well there's spots you know they do sequences of moves that's a piece of the puzzle but how do we do those sequences and how do we string those together how do we work off the fly when need be you know there's so many things. and how do we endure what we do I've literally seen um big muscle bound dudes and skinny little tiny dudes and big fat dudes come into a wrestling ring for the first time take one bump and go yep never doing that again F this shit and then I've seen other people uh, that were athletic or younger or older or maybe a more unlikely to look at and they could handle it great you know so I would be happy to put my money where my mouth is I wish I could you know every naysayer snowflake that thinks they know what they know like Sign away, we're getting the ring for two minutes, not 20 minutes, two minutes. I'll have you throwing up all over yourself. You will need an eight hour shower and a bucket of Advil. Uh, and a month later, you will un unhibernate and come back to reality with a whole new appreciation for what we do. And if people were to perceive what I just said, oh, he's just he's toxic masculinity, you know, like, no, I'm just giving you a dose of how hard we work. So if you don't like such and such or so and so, just realize such and such and so and so bust their fucking ass and do stuff not just on the five minute match you just saw or the fifteen minute match you just saw, but they're practicing this shit twenty four seven. They're eating, sleeping, breathing this if they're at the highest level. I promise you. So again, uh, you know, whether it's easy to say, I hate Justin Timberlake. Well, do you appreciate that's fine, he might not be your cup of tea, but do you appreciate that he's 
practicing in the sound studio or, or doing whatever vocal techniques he's doing or doing this or doing that or whatever the heck he's doing. Or like Bruce Dickinson, the, the front man from Iron Maiden, he practices singing when he's out jogging because he's running all around the stage. So he's got to practice how he works, which we talk about that all the time. Like, don't just half-ass it in the wrestling ring. You got to kind of go full-blown because if you don't do that when it comes showtime and then you're gonna, your instincts are going to take you to half speed, and then you're gonna you're gonna get winded and blow up, throw up all over yourself on TV or whatever. Like, no, you gotta, you know, play hard, go hard, you know. And so, Bruce Dickinson, would he goes running and sprinting and jogging while he's fucking singing, so his body acclimates to belting out these tunes while not blowing up, so he can run all over the stage, even though he's got lots of cool gimmicks and stuff to look at, like that giant, you know, big giant Iron Maiden Eddie statue or uh, pyro and whatever he's got going on but he is still able to work and run around and sing and jump and shimmy all over the place and blah 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 you know so it takes a lot of effort and like to see I guarantee you just about every one of those snowflakes that is just you know lighting their fingers on fire hitting those keys on the keyboard I bet you they would fucking drop into a coma after two minutes of training the way you know Bruce Dickinson trains or the way you know any any high level performer be it a track star football player basketball player wrestler a hockey player whatever like good luck like it's not just the same as playing the video game and again i got no heat with video games i don't care about video games i don't know why everybody's squawking about undertaker hates video games fucking cares you know i don't like polka either but i, I don't I, i'm not gonna try to ban it from the world or, or tell everybody oh if you like polka you know defriend unfriend me you know like just not my cup of tea but like you have to realize like Anybody doing anything, you know, decently, is probably a lot of legwork and a lot of hard work and a lot of blood, sweat, tears goes into that. So if you're a world champion polka player, I'm sure you're practicing your fucking ass off, whether <laughs> you like polka or not, you know. So you should look out your front window right now. There is a herd of polka players waiting at your front door for you, Sinbodi. Yeah. On that note, I don't give a I don't give a, a crap if you're red or blue or this or that or whatever. You can fuck off my lawn. Um, <laughs> Speaking that is going to do it for part one today of my conversation with Sin Bodhi. Tune in tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, we're going to have it. Tomorrow morning, we're going to have the second half of this very entertaining interview. We're going to talk even more with Sin Bodhi. We're going to get even deeper into topics. You can't miss the rest of this interview. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. I truly do appreciate it. I hope you have a great weekend. Get ready for the Rumble. Tune in to Chairshot Radio tomorrow morning. And tune in Sunday morning. I'm going to have a Royal Rumble preview for you with Kenny Killer and Just Jesse. My name's PC Tunney. Tune in tomorrow morning, folks. Chairshot Radio, thechairshot.com. Always use your head. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.